Welcome to The Radiant Life with Tatiana. I am your host and I'm obsessed with empowering you to live and create the best life possible. I'm a master mindset coach, breathwork facilitator, and a passionate little Latina who loves sharing the magic behind your subconscious mind and energetics. If you're looking to uplevel your mindset, learn all about spirituality and manifestation, and to be inspired in making a change to embody your best self, you are in the right place. My goal is for you to see and unlock your limitless potential, to have the tools to break free from the chains holding you back so you can create and live your most radiant life. I am so excited to have you here listening today. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hello loves and welcome to The Radiant Life. I am so excited to have you here listening to today's episode. It is juicy, it is educational, it is raw, and it is deep. I had the privilege to interview Jana Swan, who is a high-performance mindset coach and has had years of experience and expertise in relationship and intimacy. We are talking about topics that we've never talked about on the podcast before, and I'm so excited for you to hear. In today's episode, she shares her story, the challenges and hardships that she's had to face, how she's been able to empower herself in overcoming and healing from the trauma in such a beautiful way, and how she helps others do the same. And we also dive deep into some of these taboo topics that our society has created around women's anatomy, the shame around our bodies and sex, hoping to normalize some of these taboo topics to help you feel more safe, empowered, beautiful, and knowledgeable about your body. Jenna gives you tips on how to tap into your feminine energy. She shares the difference between sexual and sensual and how to overcome the discomfort of your naked body. And really ties in how important it is to do this work around yourself, the healing, the releasing, and learning more about you and your body in a loving way without the shame and the hush-hush our society has put on to us. I hope this teaches you a lot because I learned so much just by hearing from her. And I hope you feel empowered to discover more about yourself to feel more safe and connected with your body that you've been gifted and to cultivate a deep self-love within yourself that you deserve. So without further ado, let's get into today's amazing episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Radiant Life. I have with me Jaina Swan, who I got to meet at my NLP training a year ago, a little over, yeah, a year ago, right? And she is a high-performance mindset coach and has so much expertise in relationship and intimacy. And I'm just so excited to have you here and see where this conversation takes us. Yes, love. I'm so excited to have this conversation. I know we've been looking forward to it for quite some time. Yeah, we have. I remember when I met you, I was like, oh my goodness, you have so much energy. <laughs> if you meet her in person, she was, so, I mean, you think I have a lot of energy. Jaina beats me when we were in training. She'd always be like dancing on breaks <laughs> and everything. And she taught me a lot. She, lo- she taught me a lot about that things we don't, we're not taught in things. So welcome. So tell me a little bit. Let's start off with you sharing a little bit of your story who you are, what you do, how you've got here, and then we'll just dive in. All right. So keeping it brief, because obviously stories can get really in depth. Um, I guess the basics are like, you know, grew up as a pastor's kid. So I was very sheltered. I wasn't really taught about a lot of life things. I had to learn along the way. And through being abused mentally, physically, you know, all, all ways. <laughs> I learned a lot along the way. 
which led me to, you know, in high school, I was a competitive dancer in college. I was a dancer. And then just in college, I, I developed what's called a Bartholin gland cyst. So it's a cyst that develops on the vulva, the labia of the vulva. And so I ended up having seven surgeries on that over the last 10 years. And so a lot of pain and a lot of discomfort, a lot of adversity. I've had physical adversity, mental adversity, financial adversity, you name it. But along the way, I never gave up. And I was always that one who was like, how can I learn from this? How can I reapply? Like, I just, I don't know. I've always had this intuitive knowing in me that like I was going to do something great on this planet. And so I just kept chasing that and chasing it. And um, so as I grew my business that I have now, the Swan Academy, which I've had for a little over seven years now, as I started to grow that, I had a coach at one point was like, you should probably look into NLP. Like Mm -hmm. you might be really good at this. This would be a good skill for you to have. And mind you, I'd already been 10 years into my personal growth journey. And so I went and uh, met Tatiana at at this Mm -hmm. lovely event and uh, amongst another about a hundred other students who are just phenomenal. And we went through a series of events and I got certified and I absolutely love what I get to do now because I felt, you know, when you go to get certified in something, sometimes it opens a loop and it introduces you to like all new information. And sometimes it closes a loop and it's like, that was me. It was not Mm. new. I had already studied quantum physics. I had already studied linguistics. I already studied all these things, but they basically gave me a blueprint to follow. And so it was able to more confidently go and share this with people. And in that process, I uncovered what my biggest problem and my greatest problem holding me back from success. And it was a a deep seated level of unworthiness. Mm. And when I finally addressed that, it was like, oh, okay, I see. Then I like bloomed and I've been learning all about energy and vibrations and frequencies and letting go of things. And now things are attracting right to me and life is just working. Um, Also along the way, I met my partner and we've been together for over seven years now and he is my absolute love of my life. And so I got to use a lot of the learnings going from like super toxic relationships Mm. to this extremely healthy one to now be able to coach other people. And I get to help them break through their limiting beliefs and find the relationships and businesses and love that they are looking for in life. And it's a journey that keeps unfolding and I'm just excited to be here to share it with others. I love that. A journey that keeps unfolding. I always tell my clients, I'm like, this work never ends. It just gets a little better and easier to handle. Um, it's so interesting how like these deep rooted beliefs are so within us. Cause I, I did a breakthrough session with you, um, like nine months ago. And actually it was when Evan and I broke up and I, I have a podcast episode on it, so we can be pretty open about it. Um, and where mine was like, I'm not good enough. And it's, it was, it's just so, or was it unworthy? I don't remember, but those two are such, such deep rooted beliefs that we don't even realize how much they're affecting us. Um, you, you mentioned though, that you, you're not a quitter. Like you definitely don't have a victim mentality. And you said you always had an intuitive thing. Was it like always, always as a child or was there anything that like, yeah, like, did you just have like a deep connection? Yeah. I mean, it's always pivoted. I never knew like, what is the thing? And Mm -hmm. I might not even like I'm on the path, but I, I don't know yet that what I'm doing today is going to be the thing. Maybe it's something else. Right. I don't know. As a kid, I thought I was going to be, you know, 
the shiz by being the background dancer to some popular something or another. <laughs> I don't know, but it was something like just an inner knowing that like everything's going to be okay. Like it's going to work out for you. And like, I've had those moments where I didn't even know if I was going to make it to the next day, mm. but there was always that inner knowing that like, no, there's something bigger here for you. And so it's like, I wasn't, so I don't give up, but I pivot a lot. And so yeah. I, I have two questions around that. So yeah. that knowing, do you think that stems from like having parents or a parent who is a pastor and, you know, within the church or like having a relationship with God? Do you think that helped you have that knowing? I, that's a great question, but I'm going to say no, okay. because I don't have a religious affiliation anymore as an adult. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely walked away from that around 17, 18 years old. And, you know, you grow up your whole life being told what to believe. You finally get to a point where you're like, "Mm, is this really the truth? Do they really know? And like, so I went and explored more. And now I'm Mm -hmm. more on the spiritual end, not the religious end of things. Yeah. But I see what you mean. Like, there could be that sense of like trusting in a higher power, trusting in like something outside of ourselves but that's not what I've been feeling. It is very much like a belief in myself. Even when I was feeling unworthy, I still more rooted within. Yes. Yeah. And it's, I don't know how to explain it either. It's just a a gut knowing like almost I have your intuition. You you must just be so connected. They're just so awesome to be so intuitive like that. And then, so you mentioned that you pivot a lot or like you, you, you have, I would love to address this because I feel like so many people fear pivoting because they see it as failure or I don't know, like what's that next step, right? Like when I pivoted from health coaching to doing the coaching I do now, I was because I had a limiting belief and I had so much fear. I was like, change wasn't easy for me at the time. So like, how do you release the control? How do you surrender? How do you go with the pivot with such, with, with such ease that it seems like you, you have. I, before all my pivots were definitely not ease. <laughs> this is mm. the first time I've ever pivoted and felt calm and collected, felt grounded. It feels really good in my body. And so, but before it's always been confusion and chaos and like, just, I don't, I don't know what to do. I, I guess I'll try this thing. And like, or someone says I should do this. I'll try that. So I can't say it's always been that way, but one thing I have gotten really good at is knowing that no matter what I'm pivoting to or away from, there's always skills being taken, right? Mm. So no matter what, it's never like I get a lot of people I talk to about pivoting and they're like, I just don't want to give up. I'm not a quitter. I'm like, you think I'm a quitter? I don't quit. Like, no, this has been a business I've had for almost a decade, but it started as a dance company. Started as an adult dance company, then I became a health coach, then I became bodybuilder and taught, you know, more fitness lifting style stuff. And then I went from there to kind of mindset-y type stuff. And then I went to love coaching and intimacy, and that's been heavy for me over the last three, four years. Mm. And then now I'm going back into mindset, more of that route. And it's like everything builds, right? Like, so I never felt like I was quitting or losing because everything was building to something else. Cause I now in my mindset work with clients 
I often talk about nutrition. I often talk about their fitness. I often talk about relationships. Like I find that all of these points are very, very impactful and powerful in our lives. And I can't talk about mindset without talking about the food you're Mm. eating. And so it all plays together. So every pivot got me to where I am today. And I just had to remind myself, like, not yet, not yet. It's okay. Not yet. Like it's hard to kind of give that to somebody, but just know that it's a good it's like wait, perspective to have in the world. There's no, it doesn't mean you're a failure, like not to judge or label yourself. I actually just, by the time this is out, it's probably the episode before, um, just like, you have to take the messy action. Like you, you have to, and then with the messy action, you're going to learn more of what you don't want and what you do want and what you're good at and what you're not. And those skills continue to build. Cause like, I feel like so many people have this perception or belief that like once they graduate high school or college, like they're set and they know everything they need to know to deal with life. But I'm like, no dude, we're like, <laughs> we we're meant to grow and evolve. So I love that you've had that mindset for so long because I didn't, mine is a little bit more, well, I guess it's not so recent. I, I keep forgetting how many years have gone by, but you know, you've been at it a decade. And so I think, I think that's amazing. And it's really inspirational to look up to. You've done so many things. What's been like your favorite one so far? Well, I really do love dance. That is the core of my being. You saw that yeah. <laughs> live and in person. I it's like in my bones when the, when the right music comes on, I can't not I'm dance. With you. Yeah. It's that like not dance challenge. I fail those every time. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Like my body's moving. So like that's the core of my being. I love that. But truly when I'm working with someone else, the mindset stuff, like the stuff I'm doing now with clients where we really do go back to those old experiences and we like redefine them. And then we kind of like give them the tools to be able to have that mindset because I'm not working with people who are just getting started. Like I'm working with doctors that are at the top of their, their field. I'm working with athletes at the top of their field, like people at the top who are now hitting their ceiling and Mm -hmm. they want to get to that next level because it's inherently a human trait to want more. Right. Yeah. So they get there and, you know, they have all of the accolades. They have all the achievements that most people are like, oh my God, I'd give anything to have that. But they're still struggling with their mindset. They're still Mm -hmm. struggling to be proud of themselves. They're still struggling to see where they've gotten because they're so focused on where they're going. And so for me to be able to help somebody like that, to be able to see them grow, to watch them do more and do better, like that fills my cup like no other. I love that. I'm with you on that. Cause like True happiness and fulfillment comes from within, not the amount of money you're making, not the amount of fame, you know, doctorates that you have under your belt. Like so many people, we want things because we expect we're going to get a certain feeling inside, but that feeling comes from within. Mm -hmm. I love that. The faster Um, you give yourself that feeling, the faster those things will actually come to you, which is the real kicker. (laughs) Yes. I I literally just voice mode like one of my friends yesterday. I was like, you need to feel it now. Like, how do you feel this now? Stop. You you can't be like, well, when this happens, then I'm going to feel that. It's like, no, when you want to feel success, tap into that energy. Now, when was the last time you felt successful? And then how can you feel into that? Which I know is the work that we do. (laughs) Um, you mentioned that you were in, so how, when I met you, you were really more heavily in the relationships and intimacy and you, you, you brought a lot to my awareness. Um, how did you get into that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I, you know, we can be explicit on this podcast, correct? 
Yes. Awesome. Sweet. Because when I, I say I'm an intimacy coach, what I mean is a sex educator. Like I legitimately teach men and women about the anatomy, about the arousal process, about things that you can do. You know, a lot of it, again, mindset, mental, because most people need the mental stuff to be able to get physical. Um, but really helping people navigate that. And that all came from, again, raised as a pastor's kid. Nobody Mm. taught me about any of that. And I ended up being used and abused by man after man after man after man. I was raped. I was date raped. I was held Mm. at gunpoint. I was, you name it, I've experienced it and it was not fun. And so for me, what happened was at 2020, I was like, okay, I'm home. I want to learn something new. What can I get certified in? And I was like, well, yeah, I've always been wanting to put more out there for sex education because there isn't any. And I know that I had those poor experiences. They did make me who I am today. I would never change them for anything in the world, but I wanted there to be something out there so that other people didn't have to experience that so that they could get to the other side of the fence without having to bust through it and get scraped up and scratched up and all that. Like I could just kind of get them there. And so it really became a passion for me to share that. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of companies and social platforms want to shut it all down because, you know, we know how taboo it can be, but it is a deep passion for me because I know, I know, I know, I know that if you can learn to love yourself, like orgasms help you get there. And a lot of people have a hard time. And then when I ask them, what are their masturbation practices? They're like, what do you mean? I don't, I don't. And I'm like, that's your problem. Like there's no connection with. Yeah. Yeah. You can't love yourself if you're not connected to your body. And that is the best way to get connected to your body. Yeah. I love this actually, because you, you, you brought a lot to my awareness and like, I, I feel like these sex education classes that we learn in high school, like, they don't even teach you about your body. Like as a woman, like we don't even know much about like really getting in tune with our cycles and our bodies and yep. how are we supposed to feel empowered? And this is why we are living in a society that's so heavily like on birth control, on pills. We're struggling with all these symptoms because we don't know how to listen to our bodies. Right. And that's because we're so disconnected from them. Right. Um, I actually watched in sex, love and goop. I don't know if you know much on, yep. did you watch that show? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Everyone should watch that show. My, like my brain, when they were like, we have the five love languages, we have sex languages. And I was like, yep. oh my God, how did I not even think of that? Um, but they mentioned how, I forget what like year it was that things were taken out of like books and like science books or uh, textbooks, excuse me, like of women, how the women's body, how it operates, like parts Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, what are like, I mean, I love like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, why do you think that was? (laughs) Do you really want my answer? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Why do I think that the world does not want women to know where their clitoris is, Mm. is because the moment that the woman understands the clitoris is the powerhouse of pleasure. She doesn't need a man. She Ooh. doesn't need to buy clothes that make her feel better. Mm. She doesn't need to go on trips that make her feel better. She doesn't need the car that's going to make her feel better. She doesn't need the makeup. She doesn't need mm. this. She doesn't need any of it because yeah. she knows her own body. But if we can leave women in the dependence of these things and these other people, then we can control women. And we know that women who know their body, know their their arousal patterns, they know what turns them on, they know how to satisfy themselves, 
these are powerful motherfucking women. Yeah. These are women who are wild women is what a lot of people call them. And now the term witch is coming back up mm. and what, a, you know, a woman who is in control of herself. Mm. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. There's a whole song on it. Look it up. Wait, I didn't even know that. <gasps> That's yeah, so, so interesting because I have such a different internal representation of what a witch is. I grew up in mass. So mm-hmm. Salem witch trials. So I'm like, yep. I am like, have a, I don't want to say it's negative. I've been working on the, the word, witch, um, but it's definitely not. It's so interesting, but wow, I didn't even know that acronym. I didn't even think of that. Yep. So it's funny. I, I, same, I grew up in the, in the church and yeah, me too, which was like always, portrayed so negatively. Right. And it wasn't till I think this was about a year ago that someone came up to me because they were hearing me talk about, you know, speaking to the things you want to create manifestation, Mm. all these things. They walked up and blatantly pointed at me, said, you're a witch. I said, thank you so much. Oh my God. Thank you. And like, because I am, I was like, I will claim that I don't even care at this point because, you know, it's true. We know that the words you speak, you're literally Uh like, when you're writing something, you are spelling the words yeah, that we write spell. down. We're creating a spell. You're speaking spells. So I'm all game for it. I don't mind it. Like, you know, it's a compliment at this point, but that's what it is, is women who know themselves that claim their power in this world. It's hard to control them. And our yeah. society is built on control. Religion is control. Mm-hmm. Yep. Consumerism is control. I mean, look, we just Social went through the last two years. That was all control, all control, everything. It's- and like right now, everything with the government is all haywire because they're losing control. Yeah. And they're like, what, what is, we can't, we can't control these people anymore. Cause we have the internet. We have freedom of speech. We we're more knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Cause when you think about it, like when you think of like the ancient, like I've been doing more, like just researching and just like watching other civilizations ancient like our ancient ways like women were so they there were we are so powerful i mean think about it we're we're the connection between the spiritual realm yep. and the physical realm like our wombs and i just think like i i 100 agree and i mean i've had a lot i've had to do a lot of unlearning of just everything <laughs> um i've always been very like independent in me, but like, you know, the projections of like the church or just like people, like it, it's been so interesting. Um, but when it comes around, like knowing my body or, or sex and all that, I've, I've had to work through a lot of judgment, mm-hmm. um, on myself because of judgment and projections that others put onto me. Um, what would you say to someone? Cause I know of course, like, you know, this also stem, it blends, right. I know that's why you do the work you do. Cause it's like your beliefs and your mindset you know, but like, if if you had to speak to someone who right now, who like feels like, like they're judging themselves for wanting to do this or mm-hmm. hmm, I don't know. I don't know if I'm speaking that way, but do you, do you feel what I'm saying? Like, how would you share yeah. overcoming this judgment that we've either adopted or we're putting on ourselves for wanting to live some type of way? I think that the shift that you're looking for is instead of judgment, because that's part of what it is, shame. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the word. And it's the shame that the conservatives, the religious sectors, all these people put on us Mm -hmm. that you need to act a certain way to be seen a certain way. Yet our generation is coming to a point where it's like, but why, Mm -hmm. but why? (laughs) Like if 
just speaking, you know, to things right at this moment. I have a lot of godly people who will tell me that I am acting in an ungodly way by teaching women about their bodies. If God doesn't make mistakes, why would he have given me over 8,000 nerve endings packed into a tiny little pouch inside my body? He wouldn't have done that and then said, but don't fall into that temptation. I truly believe that the real mess up of a lot of people, because I'm trying to pick that word very easily, Mm. um, the real big mistake that they're making is that I feel like they're going to get to wherever they go and look for that judgment they're looking for from him. And he's going to be like, I gave you this gift and you didn't use it. Mm. And it's like, you know, it's just a very skewed mentality. We did come from, you know, we have a lot of the patriarchy we're still working through where, you know, for men to control women, they can't have these things. So it's, it's a lot of the shame around that. Right. But that's generational, which I think is the big key to remember is any woman who's struggling with shame, really sit and think about where it comes from, because there may have been a moment in time in your childhood, but I'm almost going to guarantee you of every single one of you listening to this, it comes from if you look at your your mother and you look at your grandmother and you look at your great grandmother they were programmed and they had this shame already that they're just passing it down down to and you get that amazing opportunity to stop it and break the chain so that your daughter and your daughter's daughter and your your great great granddaughters Mm. don't have to carry that same shame because we should be able to talk about bodies and pleasure just like we're talking about what we're having for dinner tonight And when we get to that space and place where we can openly discuss these things, that's when life opens up Mm -hmm. because people make mistakes or take risks that are unnecessary because they're trying to hide it because of the taboo. Yeah. No, this is, (laughs) I'm feeling this. I'm feeling, (laughs) I'm like, I'm not squirming. I've overcome the squirming, but like that, when you said shame, my whole body was like, yeah, that's like what it was. And I know that we've had private conversations about that, but it's so true. Like there was so there, there's so much shame around this or so much shame on speaking it, asking questions about it, like seeking guidance, right? Like so many parents don't even talk to their children about this. And this is why they're, you know, there's so many, it's like you said, just generational. Um, it's just, yeah, it's landing a lot. It's just, the, the friend group I'm in right now and the work I've been doing has allowed me to overcome the uncomfortable conversations and just seeking the questions but yeah there was a lot of shame I mean I grew up I'm a very loud touchy-feely type of person I'm Hispanic like we're very like touchy and I I got shamed a lot from parents um from other people you know they would call me slut like you're such a flirt you know what I mean and it just like it's like those words just kept shaming you and shaming you and that wasn't even like about me talking about my body they're just shaming me for me being me for like giving you a hug and so that that word really like that feels heavy. That's what mine was too. A lot of shame growing up as a, a dancer. Uh, yeah. Similarly, it was very much like I just put the music on. I'd move however my body wanted to move. And yeah, I had a lot of adults in the church who would be like, they'd come up and be like, um, that's great. But like, can you do that over there where nobody mm. can see you? Or like, can you, you can, you can dance, but you just can't dance like that. That's not okay. 
And I had a really hard time separating like, why is this not okay? Like, I do, what am I doing wrong? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. And then having to like go through that over and over and over to where I just stopped and mm. I just stopped everything. And it was just like, I went through a phase where I just like, didn't love it anymore. And then I had to relearn that. I went through, you know, middle school and high school I was on a dance team. We did championships. So it was very militant, very professional styles. Yeah. Then in college, like, hey, learned how to twerk again. Your girl <laughs> loves that. <laughs> and like, it like opened me back up. And like, again, that 17, 18 year old range is when I started to like explore for myself. Mm. And it, I'm telling you, like, for me, part of what helped me release that shame was spending more time recognizing the difference between sensual and sexual. Wait, what was the first word? Sensual. Oh. And sexual. So there's a difference. Can you break that down? I sure sure can. So sexual is to try and keep these like very blatant, right? Is chair dance or like going to a strip club or like something Mm. where the intent is to get laid. The intent is to get in bed, sexual. Sensual is more of loving on your own body. It is for you. So Mm. sexual be an external display for somebody else. Sensual is an internal thing for you. So I used sensual play to be able to help me with shame because people would look at me and be like, you're dancing sexually. And I'm like, no, this isn't for you. This is for me. And so like when I made that shift, so others might still see it differently, yeah. but it was for me, right? So it's slow music where I'm just touching myself or rotating my hips in circles. That's really good for opening up those different chakras and then your, yeah. your chests and then putting your hand on your heart, just breathing as you move your chest and cat cowing on the ground is really great as well. And, you know, just kneeling on your knees and just slowly feeling over your body. Like these are sensual play. That is where I started to realize it's okay to touch myself. It's okay. Like this body was given to me for Mm. me to enjoy. And I, I, you know, there are times and days where it's like, you know, my partner comes home and I want to you know, have a little fun. I twerk for him a little bit. And I've, got a, I've got a pole in the bedroom. Sure, I use it. Like there are times for that. But then there's also the exploration. Like once you can make that difference, mm. oh my gosh, your whole world changes because then you realize like, oh, this is for me. So that means it's sensual. And there's just a different feel. It's almost like oozy and like kind of like very feminine. Like yes, 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 yes. It's very feminine, oozy, and it's like slow and methodical. And over here it might be a little bit more like to get attention. So it, it's, mm. it's it's yeah, it's you like you feel the energy between the difference if you've experienced it. Um mm-hmm. I think for me and a big conversation was with you in the fall was like when I when I was living by myself that's where I was able to feel safe with me and like, yeah, like playing with your hair, like tickling your arms, like just little things. It's like, you don't, it's like caressing your own body. Essentially. It doesn't have to be all just sexual. It's literally like just being, having intentional time with you and be like, how am I feeling? Like even just observing where am I feeling this right now? Is it in my heart? Is it in my sacral is, you know what I mean? And it's just like, I think 
being so connected and in tune with yourself and not having these labels or judgments on it, but uh, it's, and I'm still working through that. <laughs> I'm still working through it. Cause as you're speaking, I'm hearing old like voices of like what was projected onto me, especially with dancing. I was always like, my sister would play the piano and be so elegant while I was in the background shaking my ass as like a eight-year-old because I love it. <laughs> and it was so conflicting because like Hispanics, like, you know, we like move our bodies, we dance and everything. But yeah, I was having my Hispanic family still projecting judgment of like, well, don't do that move because that's meaning like you want it. And we're like, you're, oh my God. It was just like, and I'm like, cause I'm rotating my hips. <laughs> like what? Yes. Um, body movement is not consent. Yeah. Clothing is not consent. Oh, How man. you speak is not consent. Yes. yes. Is consent. Agreed. Yeah. And there's it's- a lot there to that. Oh, that's a whole bag of worms that I think a lot of us women are really feeling that like, ugh, it just, it's gross how, yeah, it's, it's un, like the other day I was walking, let me share the story because I recorded, I didn't share my story because there's too much anger and I didn't want to come off with this much anger, but I'm walking and I have my headphones in and these men are cat calling me hmm. and they're like, hi, hello, come here, come here. I'm literally, I'm like dripping sweat. I live in Florida and I was so angry. I was so angry because I was like, why should us women have to feel this uncomfortable? Why do, why do I feel like I have to, I'm in, I'm in biker shorts. I wasn't wearing booty shorts. Why do I feel like I have to cover up? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there was so much anger and on top of it, they're Hispanic. So I can hear what they're fucking saying. <laughs> I'm like, they're just like, you know, I have to ignore, but it's like, you feel like you like paralyze, or at least I feel like paralyzed and I feel so uncomfortable. And I'm like, it, I feel like the society that perpetuates more of this shameful feeling and more of this uncomfortableism of like us feeling safe and okay with our bodies. And I don't know, I don't know where I was going there. I was just sharing that story. Cause like, it, it's okay. just multiple things one after the other, like. Just remember that when you have that experience, you choose the meaning mm, like because that. you can very much look at that and go, Oh, I should cover up. It's what mm. I wore. It's how I walked. It's what I no, ma'am, you get to choose that meaning. Take it as a compliment, but don't let them know that you're taking it as a compliment because then yeah. that can lead to other things. I also, for anyone listening, when getting cat called, I would not yell or attack back because yeah. fire met with fire only leads to more fire. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to protect yourself, like just keep your head down and keep going. And even that sometimes can be met with other things. So just, you know, as a woman, you got to be aware, but you get to choose that meaning. So remember Mm, that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I luckily, like my mom kind of like must've instilled something within that. Cause I never really, I would get annoyed, but I really didn't do much about it. I didn't really bark back, nor do I like change anything about myself. It's just like those moments of like, this is uncomfortable. It's not fair. But mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's wicked smart to point out. Um, I did so want to say you brought something up. I did not mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Go, go, go. You brought up safety earlier. And mm. I want to talk about that because yeah. if anyone is wanting to work through this shame, yeah. one of the very first things is you need to make sure you feel safe because we don't open up into the feminine, which is expansive. We don't open up unless we feel safe. So if Mm. you're looking to explore some of these different habits, even if it is just lightly caressing yourself, maybe find a bedroom and lock the door and Mm. then just sit and caress because there's something about knowing that nobody can get to you 
that can help with that safety. Um, just try and think of like, what can you do to make yourself feel safe? Because that's the first step in exploring these things. I love that. Yeah. Cause it's, if we don't feel safe within our bodies and in our, where we're at, like we're that, that, that's, I think that's why I say that word a lot. Cause the must land for me somewhere. Right. Yeah. Um, thank you for acknowledging that. I, I think this is beautiful because I don't think Hmm. I don't think women are given the permission or encouraged enough to connect with themselves yeah. at all. And, and, and I know like you, you played a really big role for that for me. Um, I heavily operate in my masculine, like, yep. <laughs> and so I, I come And for me, I think it comes from, I actually read a, a guy's post today talking about this. Like I wanted to, I'm a very independent person. Mm-hmm. And it over masculated. And then I don't know. It's like, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm still working on exploring my feminine and being in the feminine energy. The last four weeks I do bath. I've been doing a bath once a week. Yes. And like, oh my God. And I just have like me time. And even that is a practice of like, you know, being, being comfortable. Like the, luckily I've overcome this one, you know, being naked with yourself. Yes. How many times women like, you know, go from the shower and God forbid they, they look at themselves in the naked, you know, naked in the mirror. Right. Um, but I've been really, oh, I strut my shit now. I'm like, yeah. Ooh, look at you girl. Yes. And that had a lot to do with our mindset, right. Of our bodies. I had, right. I used to not I used to pinch my skin. I used to think I was fat and say like all these things. And I think it's learning to love our bodies for mm-hmm. what they are. I have clients do mirror work and like, yep. And in the naked in the mirror and start finding things that you can love about yourself, even when every part of you wants to hate build the muscle to find the love. What do you, what are your, do you have anything you want to add with this stuff? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Like please chat. (laughs) I uh, would take that mirror exercise and I would go second layer to it as I would find a smaller hand mirror and I would finally look at your vulva. Mm. I would finally actually look at what you look like down there. And at first it might be repulsive. At first you might find yourself cringe. At first you might be like, oh, oof. I know it took me about six months to wow, finally yeah. love what I look like. Now I'm like, oh God, she's stunning. She's beautiful. <laughs> look at you, darling. Like you need a facial in yourself. Like, you know, it's, it, there's something about that. And it's like, it goes from looking like, please don't hate me for these, but roast beef. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It goes from like looking like a sack of meat to like a beautiful flower. And you finally can like see that transition in your mind. And like, it goes from like cringing when you move that mirror down there to like doing it and like, I love you. And then you can get to a point where you can actually talk to your pussy. And I know some people don't like that word, but whatever. Um, And like, you can ask her questions and put your hands over her. And like, you can actually feel her pulsate to let you know yes or no. Mm -hmm. So if you're having a really hard decision to make, you can always trust your body. But I would encourage that kind of a mirror work. Um, Obviously, start with just the basics of just looking at yourself naked. That's step one. You don't want to dive too fast too quick. Mm, Yeah. Um, But definitely, um, baths are huge because that's spoiling. And anything Mm. that can make us feel like spoiled, like light some candles, turn the lights down, grab a good book, like add all the sights and sounds. Ambiance is everything for the feminine. Yeah. 
So like make sure the lighting is right. Make sure the smells are right. Make sure that maybe have a, a, a cube of dark chocolate that you can just eat little bits off or suck on mm, and maybe yeah. a half a glass of red wine that you just sip on over the next hour so that you're in the bath and add the salts and add the, you know, all of that because it's the preparation that is helping you go from masculine to feminine. It's helping you down really regularly. It's not getting in the tub. Mm. It's the preparation. The other thing that I would really encourage you to do maybe in the same time or separate practice, but dance. Yeah. Dance is all feminine because the masculine is in your head. I think, mm -hmm. I think, I think feminine is in your heart. I know, and I feel. And so when you want to drop into that feminine, you feel like you're uptight, you're tense, you, you're, you know, your mind won't shut off, turn on music and dance. I would start with something that's high energy, energetic that you can like, cause that's, it's fun. You just put on certain music. You can't not dance to like, you know, uptown funk or like, happy yeah. or something. Oh my God, I don't that know. Song. Like it's hard not to dance to certain stuff. So just put it on and dance around and then like maybe curate a playlist that it slowly drops. And then as you get into like, you can search on, on YouTube, just like sensual music playlist, things of that nature, other people will have put that together or like slow R&B, like sometimes that's good or piano music. But what you want is to like slow down and when then just do the caressing and the movement and the hips and stuff because dancing is going to bring you back into your body. Mm. And a lot of times we dissociate from our bodies because we don't feel safe in our bodies. And so especially those who might have some sexual trauma or trauma of any kind, Oftentimes we want to remove ourselves from our body because when we go into our body, we feel all the feels. Mm. And when you're in your feminine, you're going to feel all the emotions because that's tapping into the emotional body. And um, so it, there's levels and like do what you need at the point of the journey you are in. But I would encourage that because dancing is the quickest way to get you there. And then if you just, you know, put on two or three songs, go from hyped up to like slowed down, then, then start getting into your bath and then have your little meditation ritual or, you know, just stare at a candle flickering flame for a little while. That'll help mm. you like quiet the mind and like get in the moment. There's so much to that, but I just like, that's the stuff. And even things like if you like to draw or you like to paint, or even if you're terrible at these things and you just want to do the motion of it, right? Yeah. That's super feminine, anything creative. So if you like to write, that can be your feminine. If you like to, you know, there's so many ways to go about it, um, but really incorporating that into every day. Like I highly encourage every day we need a balance of masculine and feminine. Yeah. I love this. You're, you're really touching on things that I've been really intentional about. Luckily dance comes natural to me. Like, I love it. Like I really, like I'm with you, like music's on, I'm dancing and like I flow, especially with like the softer like songs. I just like, I really feel the energy flowing through me, which is beautiful. And I don't, and if you don't, you know, feel comfortable in your body yet, it's not going to feel that way. But I think with practice, I'm personally trying to, I follow a few people who they're, um, somatic soma i mean i think there's different like mm -hmm. forms of somatic but i forget somatic magnetism or something like that we're like really intentionally moving our hips because like what's stored in our hips like um it's our is that where our main feminine energy is right yeah it's where it stems from because that's the um 
I think it's the sacral chakra or whatever yeah. it is that, mm-hmm. it, that, yeah, that's where it can stem from. It's just, just big hip rotations, you know, all those kind of things forward and backward rocking of the hips, even if you're in a seated position work really well. Yeah. Cause I've, I've this last week, my hips have been so tight and I'm like, okay, cool. There's like stored the, up. Feminine yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. Um, and so I'm moving through and they say like, sometimes like even with my Gabby, my sister does yoga and she'll be doing a, you know, a stretch or a position and it's stretching out the hips and people get emotional because yep. you, you store your emotions there. Um, so I love that you're saying the dance. Cause I feel like that feels, I feel like that's a really safe way to like start was like just dancing in your room, <laughs> like put on a, like a good song and just move. Yeah. Um, you can add it all together, lock the door, turn the lights off, get naked, put yourself in front of a mirror and dance. Yeah. It's, doesn't have to be for anyone but you. And the thing is, is like you release your judgment or your shame from that because no one knows what you're doing. No one is there to give your two cents. And I notice sometimes like, you know, I'll get in my head and I'm like, oh my, and it's so interesting, but I just think it's more like just dropping into the moment. Um, So I like that you said, you know, reading, drawing, painting, just things to get into the moment to practice being more in the body and the flow and the creativity. Um, Sensual sensualism and your feminine can be healing for other people too Mm. it's like I on my ayahuasca retreat I did a lot of dancing because that's how I process that's how I think that's how I I go through things if I'm laying still like it just it's not for you energy gets stuck I just I it doesn't work for me as well as it does for other people and um so I would often once I started to feel it, I would like get up and move through things. And that's how I was like releasing emotion and crying all over the floor and like, you know, just throwing myself around. It's always great. But what happened was after the fourth ceremony, we had just finished, the sun came up. It's like 11 a.m. the next morning after a full night of, of ceremony. And one of the shamans that was there to guide us through she was an elderly woman and she came up to me and was like, I just wanted to tell you, honey, that this is, this is a a sanctuary and you really should put on more clothes next time you're in a sanctuary. And I was like, oh, (laughs) okay, ma'am, nobody said in the classes before the ceremonies that there was a dress code. And if I had known, mind you, I'm not in booty shorts and like whatever. I'm like, in a normal pair of shorts and like a a, a sports bra. Like I looked like nothing worse than going to the gym. Yeah. Like working out. I even had a long skirt tied around it that I like took off was dancing with and stuff. It's really (laughs) cool, but whatever. So she expressed her judgment. It wasn't the company. It wasn't the group saying this. It was her judgment was being projected on me. So she had said, yes, usually they say something about wardrobe, but for whatever reason this week they didn't. And I was like, oh, interesting, because I'm a very respectful person. If you tell me there are rules, I'm very blue when it comes to rules. I will follow them. And so I am like to a T. And so I was like, I listened and there was nothing about wardrobe. And mind you, I'm looking at other people and their outfits too. Um, Regardless, she said what she said and was like, yes, but if you come back again in the future, like just cover up more. Okay. Thanks. I walked away. And um, so I had a shaman with me there who was guiding me through my retreat and I spoke to her about it. She's like, that's funny. 
And I was like, what? <laughs> she's like, you really needed that. And I was like, huh? And she's like, has that ever happened to you before? I'm like, oh yeah, all the time. She would, <gasps> oh, <laughs> she was exactly saying the words that used to be told to me when I was a kid in church, uh, cover up and don't dance like that. And it was, oh wow, mm-hmm. full circle. So, I had that moment. I was like, oh shit. And I was like, okay. So we went to breakfast that, you know, they, they provide like a buffet breakfast. Everyone just fills their plates and sits and gathers and has like a big family meal. And here we are all still kind of high off, off Aya, but we're just having breakfast. And like two or three of the guys, like at different points, one while I was getting food, one after I just sat down and one before I left, like later, all three were like, okay, answer me this. Was that you dancing last night or was I having some sort of hallucination? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was me. And they're like, uh, and then another guy across the I thought it was a fucking fairy in the room. And I'm like, it was just funny though, because they all made a point after asking and confirming I was real because yeah. obviously we don't know when you're on, on Aya, if you've never experienced it, do some research before you do. But um, it was very interesting because they all followed that up with, I needed that you helped me heal because there were multiple people in the room with unexpressed sexual trauma and Mm. dance was a part of that. And I was dancing in a way that was sensual. I wasn't twerking. I wasn't up on anybody. I wasn't in anyone's bubble. I was on the other side of the room doing it for me. Now, if you watch it and you are a man, like maybe you get turned on by it or whatever, but it wasn't for them. And so for the fact that they got the opportunity to observe this kind of movement Mm. without it coming with the expectation of, okay, now pay me and let's go to the bedroom or, or she's come, I'm going to go pick her up or whatever. Like they got the enjoyment of having that healing. And I got the enjoyment of healing because that was the first time in decades that I had been able to dance openly and freely wearing what I wore, which again, still modest and not be approached by a man not have a man come and touch me, not have someone come up and try and pick me up. Like, you know, you just, I can't, I don't go to clubs anymore because it's like, I don't know if I can like wear shirts, just like no touching, like keep off. Like, I, I don't know. It doesn't work. But the idea was as you're healing, you're going to have these times where people are going to project on you Mm. and they're going to put their shit on you. They're going to put their shame on you in her eyes the, the sanctuary was a place to be covered up. In my eyes, if we're in a sanctuary, shouldn't we be praising and be celebrating what God or, or universe or source has given us? And in my eyes, we should be nude. That mm. is celebration. That is like the body was given to us. It's so beautiful. It's artwork. Yeah. Like, so we had different ends of the spectrum. Hers was cover up. Mine is, you know, show more skin, not for mm. sensual or sexual reasons, but for the, I'm here to worship this body gave yeah. me. And how do I do that? Through eating well, through moving well, through, you know, making beautiful things with my body. And so just know that like you give everything meaning. And I could have taken so many different meanings. I could have been like, oh, shame, shame for not covering up, shame for dancing that way. Oh, shame, never again. But I was like, Mm-mm, I am not taking that on. You can have yeah. that lady, keep it. I love that, not having to digest the projections that are given onto us. Mm-hmm. When you said you'd be nude, what came in my head was God meant for us to be nude. Yep. Like Adam and Eve were naked. And if, you know, yep. if you, that's the religion you're, 
I don't like the word religion, but where you come from. Um, and I don't know. That was just a little aha moment for me because yeah, like we, we were meant to respect and love our bodies and others. Yeah. It's a gift. Covering it up temple. is not loving it. Covering it up is hiding it, is shaming it. It's mm. like, I think wow. that the more we can proudly and confidently share our body within reason, obviously yeah, you're not going to walk into a school yeah. in a bikini, you know, you know, there are places for boundaries. Things. Yeah, exactly. But like, it was just very obvious to me that there were, there are different definitions for every label and sanctuary. Her definition was one thing and mine was something totally different, which was, mm. you know, same as you, as my mind goes to like, well, Adam and Eve weren't given clothes. Were we born yeah. with clothes on? No. And when we're born as babies, we come out and everyone's like, so perfect, so beautiful. Meanwhile, you're like covered in mucus and like have little wrinkly old skin and you're half purple. Like, I, I why are we not yeah. as an adult nude still looked at as like, oh my God, you're so perfect. Mm. Where does, when does that change? That's, that's so interesting. It changes at such a young age, or at least from my experience. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I couldn't even pinpoint, but it's definitely very, very young childhood. Um, And not that I, you know, and children is a big topic for me too, because honestly, the big picture long-term for me is to be creating things and spaces to teach children Mm. because I don't want to be fixing adults for the rest of my life. I really want to be like helping children so that we can have a generation in the future who doesn't need as many therapists as we need right now and all of these things, right? And I used to get a lot of kickback. I haven't in a long time. And I think it's because my belief system shifted and my Ooh. energy shifted. But I used to get a lot of parents who would say, you mean you want to steal the innocence of my daughter? I can't believe that you would want to teach children sex. Like you're going to steal their innocence. I was like, no, yeah. sir. I'm not going to steal their innocence. The man who wants to molest your daughter, he's yeah. going to steal her innocence. I want to like- teach her how to say no. Yeah. I mean, I mean, innocence, we got, we were taught about sex in fifth grade. That's fucking young and not the right kinds of ways of sex, because that's what I was going to say, they teach us fear. Oh, pregnancy, 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 but they don't like, you know, and when you put so much fear, it makes people wonder if it's legitimate. Because mm-hmm. when you only fear monger, it's like, well, what's on the other side? Is this really real? I, I test I the boundaries. Know. Exactly. Versus if we just opened it up, like it is what it is. Here's your body. You know, I do believe that children, little girls should know about their clitoris, not necessarily teach them how to touch it, when to touch it, why to touch it. That's an adult conversation. But the fact that we have teenagers and college kids who don't even know they have a clitoris yeah. and they, you know, I've, I've heard stories of young teens going to doctors because he's like, oh my God, you have a bump on you. And they yeah. go to the doctor and the doctor's like, um, the- honey, that's your clitoris. <laughs> like- no. Yeah. Or like, you know, we have like three holes or, or even our periods, like where people are so, there's so much like hush, hush in certain yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, the question I get asked probably, sadly, probably more than anything is, is squirt pee? Why is that the question I'm being asked? Because people yeah. don't know anatomy. Yeah, and it's literally answer, what it is. And my answer for everybody is it does have 
it does have pee in it, but it is also seminal fluid, which means it 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 has a ejaculation or ejaculate in it. Mm. So about 17-ish percent, depending on what studies you look at, is urine. Um, and that's because your urethra goes from your bladder and it comes down. Let's say this is your vulva facing outwards. Mm. It comes down and goes out through the middle of the vulva. It's kind of near your vaginal canal, the upper end of it. But what happens is that our clitoris, if you give me this one sec, props. Oh, I, I was too bad. Some of the listeners are going to be on podcast. <laughs> Wait, oh, wow. let me see. Go on YouTube. I'll describe as best as I possibly can. But we have so a clitoris. Have to say, you showed me this and I was like, oh, fuck. I'm not educated at all. <laughs> I love it. So you can always, if you are listening on a podcast, you can go ahead and Google and pull this up while I'm talking. So we have a clitoris and it is most people don't know what it looks like because 98% of it is under the skin. Yeah. And so what happens is behind the clitoral base, there's a clitoral, um, we have the shaft just like the male shaft. And then we have the head. Um, and then we have a hood, which covers it. It's a little bit of skin that covers it mm -hmm. behind the base. There is a set of glands called the skeins gland. And the skein's gland fills up as you become aroused with that ejaculate. So mm. we get our secretions, I guess. I don't, I don't always know what terms yeah. to use. There's so many as a wide variety of terms. <laughs> but we essentially, those little tiny sacs fill up with this liquid. And so our urethra passes through that and then comes out. So when we do squirt, it does have both a little bit of urine that might still be in the urethra from the last time you use the restroom. And it just mixes in with the fluid that comes from the skein's gland, which is mostly water, but it also is ejaculate. And so there is a difference, right? You're not peeing on somebody, but if you, many of these people who ask this question are men and mm. they're asking based on the perception of I watch porn and this is what I see is that pee because mm. it's coming out of the exact same spot that a woman pees from. So it's mm. hard to like separate the two. But if you were to, if you were to squirt in a cup and you were to look at it, it's actually not that, that yellow. It's more clear, and a little bit more white and, um, and cloudy like, right? So also it doesn't smell like urine and yeah, taste it if you want to, but it's not going <laughs> to taste like so, that. And I didn't even know that. <laughs> I didn't even the know this. I was going to say, I hope you guys are realizing how um, we weren't taught anatomy of bodies really like and I feel like maybe if you're listening to this if this is uncomfortable I mean I I just I encourage you to look at what's making it uncomfortable because it's mm. we all have it and it's all our body and again that may be coming from what you grew up as your judgment or your shame or you know what I mean but it's like we we it's just our human bodies that we've been given. And it, we're just not taught the actual science, like anatomy of it. Like that's really what it comes down to. Like, yeah, it's really what it comes down to. And I'll tell you, I have been talking about this openly for about three years, uh, but I have been studying it for about 10, almost 11. It'll be 11 in September because I have been studying the female anatomy ever since I started having my vulva operated on. 
um, because mm. I didn't know what they were cutting, where the gland was. Honestly, the Bartholin gland um, or the greater vestibular gland, um, that gland is not actually listed. Like if you go into an OBGYN for an appointment, you see that chart on the wall. Yeah. They actually don't list that gland on the chart. Why? And so I asked my doctor, I'm like, I was sitting there after like, I think I had four or five surgeries by this point. And I'm just laying there staring at it. At this point, I knew where it was. And I'm staring at the chart. I'm like, doc, why? And he goes, I know, I know. And I'm like, why is this inaccurate? Why is the clit not listed? Why is the, you know, why is this gland not there? Why, why, why? And he's like, it's outdated. I know, I know. And it, they now, as of last year, they just redid these charts and now it's listed. Wow. So it is something you'll start to find if your doctors are updating the charts on their walls. But it's hard because like it's, there's 8% of the female population on this planet has what I had. And I am in a Facebook group with over 13,000 women who are currently experiencing this wow. and none of them know what it is. None of them know what causes it. The doctors don't know what causes it. I probably have a better grasp on it than any doctor I've ever spoken to. At least that's what my doctors have told me because of my experience and my research and I, the depth I research and having gone through it seven times, I can see patterns. I know oh. every single time it happened, I was eating dairy in excess. I was not, I was not properly hydrated. I had poor mental health and overstressed. I also had not yet healed my sexual trauma. Wow. And I think that's the piece most people miss is they do all the creams and the lotions and the mm -hmm. potions and the mm -hmm. antibiotics and the, and the sits baths and the witch hazel and the, the scrubs and the, all of it, but they don't address the deeper issue. And the lesson that I pulled from all of it was if you don't get the root of the issue, then the symptoms will persist because I had mm -hmm. my left gland removed that was surgery too, and it came back. And it was because they didn't get the root of the actual gland. And mm. so the symptom, it kept coming back. I'm like, what do you, I had a removal. Why is this happening again? It was like the freakiest thing in the world. Um, but what it is, it taught me like with anything in life, if you just go for the presenting problem, if you just go to the surface level problems, you're just going to have another problem pop back up. But if you dig down, really do the hard work of figuring out where is the root and you get the whole root out, it will never happen again. Well, happened on my other side. Oh, that's a whole nother story. Oh, man. <laughs> but that's it's okay. So interesting. When I met you, I found I had just watched um, a girl I follow, College Clean Eating, um, is her Instagram account. She has a big account. And she she shares this. She's like, and she had surgery. She's like, how how are we not taught what this is? And yeah. just so just bring it back full circle. It's happening more than we when women think. Um, and then I just think that just shows how much the body holds on to emotion and trauma as well. Yeah. And why we are both so passionate about helping people do this work on a mindset and body level, because coming full circle, like, like you said, what you work with your clients, like in order to get to the next level of what you want, you have to do some healing or do some inner work with your mindset, your beliefs, your perspectives to get there. And yeah. So it, it, most of the time, I mean, it's not meant to be done alone. I don't think, I personally don't think that, I mean, I have coaches, right? right? Like, yeah. Cause you don't know, you don't know. And you don't see your blind spot. So just an mm -hmm. interesting way to bring that full circle, how like so much of it is living in the mind stored in the body. Mm -hmm. And if we're not connected, 
or aware, we're repeating the same patterns and cycles. And depending on the types of trauma, it holds in different areas. And so I found that sexual trauma often will hold itself in either like any of the reproductive organs. So it could either present as a Bartholin gland cyst or it can present as PCOS or infertility or, you know, all of these, mm -hmm, all these different areas. And so I find that when I work with somebody who has been having repetitive issues with PCOS or one of these different issues and they're like, I've done everything everything. I'm like, cool, mm. let's work through your sexual trauma. And they're like, how'd you know I had some sexual trauma? I'm like, cause I know that's the one thing you haven't worked through yet. And it's like, I know because I've been there. I know because that was my experience was I fixed my food. I fixed my diet. I fixed my friends. I fixed my I, everything. And I was like, my whole life is turned upside down. What left? And it wasn't until I fully forgave my abusers mm. and I fully went through that process. And now that took some work that's taken everything from you know, therapists to journaling, to gratitude practices, to going and doing trips where I've done sweat lodges. And that was a big one for me. Um, that was where I really forgave him. And then like, at least the, the main abuser. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought that was it for me. And then about a year after that, I got another cyst. So I was like, all right, it's not done yet. And so I kept digging and kept digging and kept finding ways to, you know, figure this out. And um, then it was when I went and did Aya and that was my final like nail in the coffin. And I, I really feel like I've, I healed it there and like wow. fully let it go. And I'm not going to say that it, it won't ever creep back in because obviously we're always a work in progress, yeah. but I will say that it has not been a part of my story since. And I have been able to fully let that go. And there was a series of moments of synchronicity where, you know, as I did things in my life, I guess the energy waves and frequency waves landed on his end of the spectrum, which I don't even know where he is on the planet right now. But um, he, you know, at one point reached out like days after I did work and was like, hey, oh, wow. I wow. am going, I'm going to rehab. I, I'm a, I'm a heroin addict right now and I have a dog and would you take care of my dog? I was like, nope, but I will take this opportunity to tell you. And I like got to be like, I'm not scared of you anymore. You're not in control of me anymore. I'm releasing all. And like, I, I went through, it was like, I forgive you. It's okay. I know that hurt people hurt people. You were going through a lot of pain. And like, I got my chance, I got my chance to say it all, which was really powerful. And then just kind of was like, but no, I won't take care of your dog. I hope you do well. And then it was like a year after that, that I went to my brother and sister-in-law. We're leaving town. It was our final family gathering. And I went to go to this place. I, I, for whatever reason, showed up at the wrong, the wrong address. It's like, dang it. I'm always early. <laughs> like this made me two minutes late. And I was like, so frustrated. <laughs> I like pull in this like parking lot. And I just sat there right before I like grabbed my stuff to go in. I saw something out of the corner of my eye, like walking across this little like parking lot. I like look over and he had very distinct tattoos on the back of his calves that I recognized. And I was like, mm. oh, I'm just going to sit here for a second. I didn't freak out. It didn't feel weird in my body. I felt really calm. And I was just like, I'm glad to see he's okay. I'm glad to see he has a job because he has a shirt on for the place I was just about to walk into. Um, And so it was, there was a lot happening in that moment, but I can't, like I walked in and I, my family's all sitting there at the table and there was a, a split second where I was like, 
did he leave? Is he going to go get a gun and come back and take me and my family out? Because he knows what my family looks like. And like, I had this like little bit of about 10 minute period where I was just like, is he going to come back? Is he going to come back? Is he going to hurt us? Is he, you know, um, there was a lot of trauma there, but then that's when I finally got the opportunity to be like, no. And if that does happen, like, we'll be okay. We'll make it through everything. will be fine. And like, that was my final moment. And that's when I got to let it all go. And uh, ever since then, like life has been so much different because now I tell my story where I used to not because I was Mm. fearful that like, I was like, oh, it's his story too. What if he gets mad? Cause I told it in a way that made him like look bad, but I don't say his name ever in my story. But then I sat there, I was like, no, it's my motherfucking story. I get to tell this. I'm going to save women. I'm going to make sure other people don't go through this. Like, screw him. I'm not going to hold back and not help other people because I'm scared that he's going to be offended. Fuck him. No. And like, I had that moment of like, no, I'm taking my power back. And like, that's it. Like, that's what you're looking for is so long as you keep making it about them, which is what you're doing, Mm. then you're giving them the power. And they're still in control. And that is not okay. And like when you finally can get to that point that you're like, no, this is my story and I'm going to use it to help other people. Or even if you don't want to help other people, if you just want to heal yourself and then and move on and have a great life, like just do that and allow yourself to go through that process because it's it's really important work to do. And when you do, your whole life will change because until you do, you will never be able to love or be loved fully. Mm-hmm. Because you're always going to have that holding on. Like there's there's a lot of deep work there, but it's great stuff to do. It's really powerful. I love working with people in these areas um, because obviously I've been there and I know how scary it can be. But I, I really like just acknowledge for you sharing your story and being so open. And I know it's touching women knowing that they're not alone in whatever experiences they got to relate with you. Um, wow. You're, you are so strong and you are, I absolutely admire your mindset in your entire life of how you've just been able to see the silver lining and now really help people do that, do the same. That's just takes a strong woman, strong, strong woman. And I love how you said, I think everything that we've covered today really stems from finding the love and acceptance within ourselves. Yep. Releasing the shame, the judgment, the thoughts, healing. And then when you do, oh my gosh, your whole world changes. I went to my first event since really truly finding my worthiness and my self-love because obviously I got to do a lot of this work through COVID and then through these this pandemic we've been facing. And so I just went to a podcasting event in the end of May And I'll tell you, I walked in and I shifted the room instead of the room's energy shifting me. I shifted the room's energy because everyone that I would stop and talk to, like there was always someone else standing behind them, almost in line waiting to talk to me. And I was just like, what is happening? Like, I'm not a speaker. I'm not anyone special. There's a celebrity panel over there. Go like, go get in line for them. No, they want to talk to me. And it was just like, what is happening? And I think it's because I finally detached. I finally let go. And I'm like, I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to be authentic. I love myself. I don't care if someone doesn't like me, if they reject me, if they whatever. Like in the moment you can get to that point, oh, baby girl, life opens up for you. 
Because when you have that energy, and it's not an, it's not necessarily like an I don't give a fuck energy. It's different. It's a yeah. I accept myself for who and what I am. Take it or leave it. And yeah, it's a like very a different. Yes. It's like it's magnetizing because whether people agree with me on my belief systems or not, like at the end of the day, they're like, I might not believe in like believe the same things, but I can't hate on her because I want to be like that because most mm. people want to be in this zone. That. And so it's like it's powerful, y'all just and it started with me learning about my body and it started with me accepting orgasms and showering myself in them and communicating with my partner and opening up and letting him in and letting the world in. And, and it's just, it's day by day. This is, remember, this has probably been a 12 year process at this point. So like, it's yeah. not going to happen overnight, but it's very, very possible. And you're worthy of that. Like yeah. every, everyone is worthy of having that yeah. freedom and, and, and safety and love within ourselves. Yeah. No, wow. but you don't have to earn it. You don't have to prove it. You don't have to do anything, but be you. You don't mm. have to be a certain weight. You don't have to have a certain outfit. You don't have to be in a certain house. You don't have to make a certain amount of money. You are worthy because if you weren't, one out of 400 million sperm baby doll. Yeah, you I know. The one that made it. Like, the chance you are of worthy. You. <laughs> it's like you. that was your moment. If you weren't worthy, you'd be with all the rest of the little swimmy spermies and they would, you know, have not made it. But you made it. You are here on this planet and you have a very, very finite time here. Utilize it wisely. Don't get to the end of your life and be like, what? I'm worthy? Oh no, I wasted my whole life thinking I wasn't and not pursuing things. Like take the risk, do the thing. If it's set on your heart, if it's in your core, if you have this, like, like my inner knowing we talked about at the beginning, like yeah. if you have that thing where you're like, I just know I am put on this planet to knit kittens and, and sell knitted kittens online. Like that's <laughs> your thing, girlfriend, go for it. Like if you're meant to teach yoga, go for it. If you're meant to be a BMX bike racer, if you're meant to be a whatever life puts in your mind, like you're not given these dreams for no reason. You're mm -hmm. given them because you're chosen for them and that they're for you. And be yeah. open to pivoting because that dream might shift and change over time because girlfriend wanted to be a backup dancer and like in <laughs> sync and Bass Street Boys. And <laughs> I don't know that I would have served the planet doing that, but you know. Oh. I love this. I love just how, I mean, it's just, it all really ties together. And it's again, knowing your worth and it's um, maybe different avenues that we've covered today. Maybe doing the mirror, the naked mirror. Yes. Just loving your body first. Maybe it's the dancing. Maybe it's the spoiling yourself yeah. with a bath or creative. The next exercise that um, you, you actually had me do in the fall was every day, right? 10 things I was worthy of. And I was like, mm -hmm. I am worthy of I'm worthy of like, maybe that's an exercise that you do. Yes. Um, but wow, you, we covered a lot. Oh my God. Thank you. I love, I, I know this is going to touch someone's heart. And um, so, but before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would love to say to anyone listening? Any advice, any, any last minute? If you are struggling to actually have an orgasm, let go. Let go and breathe. Because the first step to orgasm is breathing. 
Mm. And oftentimes we get in our head and we think about the dog needs to go out. The laundry needs to be done. There are dishes in the sink. Oh my God, did I send that email? Did I send the email? (laughs) And if your blood flow is in your brain, it's not in your genitals, babies. Mm -hmm. And we need it there. So slow down, breathe, caress yourself, get yourself in the mood mentally before you try and get there physically. An extra bonus pro tip, a lot of women don't really like porn because they think porn's meant to be watched. But I will tell you, if you're a woman, listen to porn. Don't watch it, listen to it. Because just like we sync up our cycles with periods, we can also sync up our orgasms. So if you find someone who sounds like she's having a great time (laughs) and you listen to her, your body will naturally start to tense and release, which is the process of an orgasm. We go through times of tension and times of release. It's in a, a wave pattern. And so as you listen to her, just breathe with her, just try and get on her pace of breathing and then you will get there and then just release and let go. Also remember right before your best climax, you're naturally going to feel like you want to, if you're with a partner, you might feel like you want to push away from him or her. Um, That's literally right before climax. And so when you get to that moment, now there's a difference between feeling an urge to push away and being in pain. If you're in Mm -hmm. pain, please stop. But if you're like, it's okay, it's okay. Just breathe a little bit more. You'll be fine. Once you push through that, that's where those full body rolling orgasms start, honey. So don't give up. Don't stop at one. Breathe, relax, and you'll get there. And in time, you'll be a pro. And then (laughs) you'll know all about your body and you'll be able to communicate without your partner. And the moment you can tell your partner what you need, then you're going to get it all the time. <laughs> and then that's well, life. Communication is key in every yes. area of your life. Even in yeah. Because <laughs> orgasms manifest. That's the other thing mm. to remember. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Make sure you're I thinking listened. about the right things while you're orgasm. So if you start to feel the climax and say you're trying to attract more money, just think money, 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 money. <laughs> and yeah. you'll just send that I vibration that. out. I heard about how powerful that is. And I was like, wow, a manifesting tool right there. (laughs) Yes. It's it's really great. That's why I try and get an orgasm a day. Yeah. Orgasm a day keeps me happy. Hooray. (laughs) Also regulates your your mental chemistry and all the hormones. And like, we could have a whole episode on orgasms. (laughs) Right. Well, so, so for those of you who, for those that are listening, they're like, okay, I want to learn more about everything that you have to offer, whether it's more of the mindset work, the healing work, learning more about the body and orgasm work, like where can everybody find you? Awesome. I am, you can go to Jaina, J-A-Y in as a Nancy, a swan, S-W-A-N.com. Um, pretty sure there will be some sort of show notes or in the, in the title, you'll be able to find that. It's just my first and last name. Um, so janaswan.com is where you'll find pretty much everything that kind of is me. Um, I'm on social. I have a bunch of new platforms coming out now. We're making some adjustments. So I don't want to announce any handles on here, but definitely check the website for that. And if you want to hear more long form content, you're more than welcome to search for my podcast, Happy Healthy Horny with Jana Swan. 
and you'll find mental health, physical health, and sexual health information there. I love that. Yeah. I will put all the links in the show notes for whenever you're listening to this, you can stay up to date with her by just making sure you're looking at the website and definitely goes into the podcast. Well, Oh, I think I'm going to have to have you come back. We're going to have to go deeper. I I love that. I'm always good for deeper. I'm all about women empowerment. And I'm like, yeah, Jaina, like let's empower women to feel safe and good in our bodies and ask for what we want and teach us about our anatomy without feeling weird about it. So, wow. Thank you. Just thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge, your stories, your tips and advice. I, I presuppose that those listening had definitely a lot of aha moments, like, whoa, maybe some awareness came up for you that you have some work to do some healing and know that we are both here. Um, reach out. We are here to support you. Um, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate it. Any last words before we let our listeners go? I just hope everybody has a happy, healthy, and horny day and that they all stay sexy. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on here. I appreciate and love you. And thank you guys for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with me and write an Apple iTunes review so I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me, you can find me on Instagram at Tatiana underscore Kuto. Make sure to tag me in any posts that you share. I love and appreciate you so much and cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out and radiate your light into the world.